right, well, no, sorry, everybody. Uh, that's an echo. That did not stop tech issues, of course. Uh, it never ends. Um, and that's why we were slightly late. Anyway, Jake Huger, Ben Manquist, Wozni Lombre, uh, otherwise known as the Wizard of Woz. Uh, he's at the ringer. Everybody knows it. I know it. Uh, it's the ringer.com. Um, ben, ben is in places. All right, too strongcoffee.com slash TYT. Too strongcoffee.com slash TYT. Best coffee in the world, most progressive coffee in the world. Uh, the coffee that kicks the most Republican ass in the world. Let me see that, Ben. What do you got? No, oh, where is it? Where do I get it? There we go. The Mark Thompson show. It's the there Mark Thompson. It's the Mark Thompson cup. It's not quite a TYT product, but it's kind of a TYT product. Yeah, it's 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 TYT adjacent. It is definitely yeah. TYT adjacent. Yes. Um, all right, guys. So a lot to talk about on today's show. Uh, normally, the thing that I say we're going to talk about, I save to the. Uh, I don't save to that. It just organically winds up being at the end because we start a conversation never ended. But you know what? I'm starting with it today. Uh, so waiters and waitresses. Uh, what are uh, the, our responsibilities as customers, okay? Mm. And it's perfectly fitting because I just interviewed the angry retail guy. I don't know if you guys have ever seen his TikToks or Instagrams, but he's hilarious. And he's the guy who says, do we have it in the back? No, we don't have it, get over it. Oh right? yeah, I, I have seen him, it's been a while. It's, he's done it for a bit, right? He's been on yeah. for a bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah I saw, <laughs> I had no idea what you were talking about that you said that line, he's funny. Yeah, he's really funny. Yeah, he he also just did one on quiet quitting. He's like, quiet quitting is what we normally call doing our jobs, barely. You're lucky we do, okay? Uh, anyways, and so it turns out, you guys are gonna be shocked to find out, he's progressive. Um, <laughs> but by the way, here this is a slightly interesting thing. Uh, I do interviews where we find out slightly interesting things. Uh, <laughs> When he goes to do his comedy and he's, you know, uh, saying all sorts of stuff about the employers and making fun of them, everybody's having a great time. Then he says anything slightly progressive, like he, he, higher wages is totally okay, but if you mention minimum wage, it triggers people. They're like, "Whoa, wait a minute, is this guy a lefty? He wants me to have higher wages? This son of a bitch! I didn't know you were a lefty." <laughs> I'm I'm not at all surprised by that. Uh, just the things that get people triggered on both sides. I think, you know, I think something like for people on the left, something like the police, <laughs> um, like especially in my circles, if you ever say anything positive about the police, <laughs> it's just like, yeah, you know, a guy like killed somebody, we should probably like lock him up, and people be like, whoa. <laughs> The police no. now? <laughs> well, I mean, was that's literally what just happened to me over the last week. Like, well, that's because you're part of the prison industrial complex. Don't go blaming other people for your problem, Jay. No, that's um, personal responsibility. No, right. you're right. Okay, I, I thought we should put serial rapists, etc., in jail, but it turns out uh, I'm a fascist uh, who believes in <laughs> propaganda. Uh, but <laughs> you know, it came up that that all came up during the campaign too, because God forbid, and I'm no no real big fan of Kamala Harris. Just just politically, I, I think she's like I don't I don't think she has it right. I don't think there's any magic there, right? Seems like there is. Like it's on paper there's magic, and then in practice there isn't. But man, maybe I'll be proven wrong. Um, but occasionally I would find myself in a situation where I might say something nice about her during the campaign, right? 
you know, because by and large, I like her okay, right? You know, and man, if you were in the wrong thing, you're like, ah, oh, mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm, cop. She's a cop, cop, <laughs> right? You know, and I'm like, well, no, no, yeah, yeah, there's, yeah. there's a difference, Ben. This subtlety here is important. Kamala's a cop is funny. When someone seriously says Kamala's a cop, that means you're a cop. <laughs> oh, that's right. Well, yeah, that's right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, hold on, hold on. We generally don't even like her. <laughs> like, can we just say, is it okay to say something positive that it doesn't go with our like perfectly match up our doctrinarian ideology? You know, is, you know yeah. what's so funny is that I think the Kamala thing. She was a you know a prosecutor, whatever, a cop or whatever. And she did that job in such a way that there was no way to interpret it as progressive. Like there's no way to look at her record and say, well, she did that job about as progressive as somebody can in that position. Like I don't think anybody would say that like Larry Krasner in, in Philly is some crazy law enforcement zealot, right? But he presides over an administration that locks criminals up too. Um, but I, I don't know, I think there was something about Kamala that just felt extra copy. And so people just didn't well, like well, her, Ben. I think it was, I think Jack, you're, you're definitely right. And obviously she's not Larry Krasner, but she's also, she wasn't also a strident, Lock everybody no, up just to return. Either. I mean, she was a right. she was a incredibly middle of the road to use Jenks term establishment uh, uh, attorney general and prosecutor <laughs> before that. I mean, that's just that's what she was. She was like all like almost all the others. Right, right, right. Um, Ben. Right, it's a good point. On the other hand, I couldn't hear you over the sound of the sirens of your cop car. <laughs> okay, I didn't know we were going to be all Kamala friendly today. Copper. <laughs> I mean, Kamala is really the kind of. I mean, Kamala for me, and I just, you know, I always assume that a lot of people are like me, and not because I'm exceptional, but because I'm unexceptional, right? And therefore, a, a member of the masses in many ways. And I don't like Kamala, but man, I don't like the people who hate her more. And so I end up. In these rather spirited defenses of Kamala Harris, as often as I'm criticizing her, because I'm like, well, you guys are racists, <laughs> right? And so, <laughs> and, oh, I'm sorry, and, and misogynist and dumb, mostly dumb, right? Probably yeah. mostly racist, then dumb. But you know, and so you can't help it, and you get stuck in this thing where you're like, I can't let you talk this way about her. You're that's insane. That, that's no. like when she did that incredibly kind thing and the and the round table, right? Where she said, you know, I'm a I'm a woman, my pronouns are she and her, and then she's like, I'm wearing a you know, it was for the blind for crying out loud. It was this incredible <laughs> little moment of indecency. And Dave Rubin and his dumb clan are out there like, oh, this is not the world I want to live in. Yeah, you would live in a world where blind people don't know what's going on. That's kind of <laughs> what happened. It's crazy. Well, look, this is a riddle that's hard to solve, right? Because if you um, defend Kamala Harris or Joe Biden or anyone else against right wing attacks, does that still make you a cop? Okay, <laughs> that's a great question. Um, you know, and the funny thing I think that that further muddies. 
the Kamala cop crime, you know, because we're having a weird conversation about crime um, on the left and the right right now, is that most of the most strident voices uh, like uh, that, you know, sort of talk about crime and this idea of the decay of the cities are the people who are not themselves experiencing it. Um, that's the kind of the craziest part about it. Like, you know, there are these people who call, you know, these NIMBY type of people in places like San Francisco and the Bay Area, or even here in, in Los Angeles, who are like, yo, man, it's kind of fucked up what's happening with these homeless people. Sorry about that. What's happening with these, you know, uh, this crime and all of that. But like, to be honest, like where they actually live and stay, they're very safe. Nobody's going to bust a cap in them. Um, and then you have the Tucker Carlson types who want to use it as, you know, just another one of his his racial wedge issues where it's like immigrants and the blacks are are being renegades. And then the people who live in these poor communities who are being most affected by it, their voices don't get drowned out by the people who aren't even actually living it. And you contrast that with something like Medicare or Social Security, where the most strident people are seniors, right? <laughs> like the people whose lives are most directly affected by it. Like once they hear something crazy, maybe about to happen to Medicare, they they sort of spring into action and they they make their voices heard. The thing about crime, it's like it's become this weird sort of I don't I don't know what you call it. It's like this signaling that's happening around crime. Hundred percent. That's a great point. I mean, it's it's really the only point that anybody ought to make, right? That we don't the people most affected by crime are not part of the conversation about crime, and that's true on a on a, a governmental level. It's true on a policy level. And it's true, I think, and mostly in a conversational level, except, I mean, it's certainly true with me. I mean, most of the people who I talk to, who I try to talk down from the sense that we're getting overrun by lawlessness, right? That this is maybe we're in a peak right now, but we've had a lot of peaks and the peaks are followed by valleys. And it has a lot to do with just straight sociology issues regarding age of who's out in the world, right? And what the state of the economy is. And then when those people get a little older, they stop committing as many crimes and the crime rate goes down. It's a number, right? It's a percentage of people, right? That's always what it is, the crime rate, you know? And and so the, but the conversations I have are with people who are never, they, they're, not, they're not affected by this in any way, but they're affected by it because the people around them, the voices around them, the, whether they're watching Fox News or whether they're watching CNN or probably watching local news and reading the LA Times, they live out here, right? Is this perception, right, that crime is out of control. And that's obviously driven by the ease and availability of, I think, videos that stun us that we could never see. I don't, I always say yeah. 10 years ago, but maybe we could see them 10 years ago, but certainly not 20 years ago. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't wanna get stuck in this topic again, but I, I swear I don't. So I just <laughs> wanna say one last thing, okay? So. Like and we talked about an interview today. It was a good interview, and 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 uh, talked to somebody really smart about about prison abolition, etc. And she made good points. But um, like, don't invalidate people's experiences, right? Uh, so, folks. So the activists, uh, by definition, like have their jobs. They have their ideology, and they're not like if you're working at an organization, for example. All of a sudden, you're not going to be like. Oh, it turns out we were wrong. Uh, don't don't listen to my organization. It's never going to happen, 
It's not gonna happen on the left. It's not gonna happen on the right, right? So, but for real people, and I and I they really, I honestly, a lot of folks must be super insulated to Ben's point, right? Like, how do you, if you live in one of these major cities, how do you not see the crime? How, it's just unbelievable. But I know this, like, we did the interview, and then right afterwards, a whole bunch of people wrote in, and a lot of people support Ole, and she's wonderful and stuff. Uh, and we read those comments on air and stuff. But one person wrote in saying, "Look, the left is now. I'm on the left. They're like, and they're telling, they're constantly telling me that no, it's a mirage. It's not true." There is no crime, like the crime's not a big deal. That, I mean, not the numbers and are that's kind of dumb because that's besides the point. If people feel like they're in danger, then yeah. that's kind of all that matters. Like that, the actual statistics, this is where we get like kind of yeah. stupidly bogged down in the numbers and the facts and the figures. And, and on the left, it's like that doesn't matter. If there's a perception that the cities are overrun by lawlessness, then that's all people care about. It doesn't matter that their actual house wasn't actually robbed or whatever. They're going to hear some antidote about their neighbor's car being broken in yeah. or their friend across town, something happening. And that's what they're going to run with. I think we do ourselves a disservice by doing this. Like, you know, we can say, like, Crime in New York City isn't as bad as the peak in the 1980s, which is true. But like, what is that as like some kind of? That's not a warm blanket for somebody yeah. who's worried about crime in New York no, right but, now. But it, but it is. But I I disagree with you only in the sense that it is important. You're right. It doesn't work. It doesn't work to say, but it's not that bad, right? Yeah, that's or, what I mean. Yeah. So no, and yeah. you're 100% right. The problem is, is that, and the right has figured this out really effectively. Bill Clinton said it unbelievably effectively two days ago, when he's like, you know, uh, we can win, we can win both houses, we got to get the people, we got to turn out, and we got to withstand the incredible ability that Republicans have in late October, early November, and he meant the whole campaign really, and I'm paraphrasing badly. Uh, to come up with something that strikes fear in our hearts, right? And and a crime strikes fear. The fear that you're not safe in your home, the fear that's that you don't that your child isn't safe isn't is palpable. But it's like, right, right. But if you George Bush won re-election in 2004 entirely with and the line I use all the time with Jenk, he's heard it 10,000 times, which was basically that whole campaign, that Bush Cheney re-election campaign was like, well, I hear you. You can vote for John Kerry, that's fine, but your kids will die. Like that was the message day in and day out of that campaign. And it's incredibly effective, whether on a national level yeah. like that or on a local level that you're not safe and you can't leave your home to go to the store. You can't send your kid out to buy milk because he might not come home a lot. Yeah, so but I, what I was trying to emphasize though is, look, yes, that's all, all of it is true. And perception is super important, especially in politics, right? But it's not just perception. like. So in LA, so the the member our member wrote in saying, "I live in LA. Don't I called 911, and the cops would not show up." Mm -hmm. And so to me, one person, two people saying that's just anecdotal, right? But I know something's percolating when I hear half a dozen, a dozen people saying the same thing, or it's just pervasive. Like when I was in Ohio during the one of the conventions in 2016. I drove around and around and around, and I didn't see a single Hillary sign anywhere within like 30 square miles. And people had Trump paraphernalia everywhere, right? 
And so, and but I had seen that all over the place. In LA, I didn't see any Hillary signs. I didn't see Trump signs either, but I didn't see any Hillary signs. Like you have a, I, you have a sense of it, right? And especially when you call 911 and the cops say, I'm not coming. I'm not gonna enforce the law, right? And then somebody comes tell and tells you, no, it's not happening. You're like, no. I got. I don't want to get bogged down in this either, but that doesn't say, I mean, they're not not coming because they're too busy fighting crime somewhere else. No, 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 right. they're not coming they're because not coming they think the prosecutors, hold on. They right, think the prosecutors are the not prosecutors. They're pissed about prosecutors and they're pissed off about defund the police. And this is their way of saying, we're the these people who never whine, we're underappreciated, we're not doing our job. Those stories are not anecdotal, that is, you know, I mean, they're responding at times, but there was clearly, unquestionably, a significant response, angry response to the cops to defund the police uh, and to prosecutors who they don't. But guys, them. I don't want, yeah, I don't want people to get uh, mistaken. Like, yeah, they're cops are often bitches, okay? And they're like, oh, yeah, you insulted me. I'm gonna bash your head in, right? Uh, oh, you insulted me. I'm not gonna do my job, okay? I mean, they do that stuff all the time. So, no copaganda here, okay? But having said that, the main issue here is not that they're being whiny, which is normal for cops. That's Tuesday for cops. No, the main issue is they're bringing people in and the prosecutors are saying, by the time I do a plea deal, this dude's gonna get five days. So I'm not gonna waste my time, he's free to go, right? Okay, I, I, would, hold, I, I would hold that as whiny and not doing your job. It just depends on like, I mean, if there's a person who needs help, man, you go, that's your job. So oh, I'm, don't get me wrong. I'm not making excuses for the no, cops. I, I got. It. I don't really. I, the fact is, I actually disagree with you. And of course, San Francisco still. By the way, they already they took that guy out. He's gone. They still got mm -hmm. crime. <laughs> they still got crime. Like it's not. So it's complicated, and it is not just oh, DAs went soft on crime and it's gone. I'm not saying it's nothing, Jenk, but you are overstating it. I think pretty dramatically. I think you're gonna come back to me one day and say, "Hey, I called the cops and they didn't come." I'll give like, you, I'll give you a thousand dollars if that happens. I will literally just walk over and give you thousand dollars. I swear to God, I'm gonna hold you to it. Okay. And but if it hasn't happened in the next five years, oh yeah, yeah, for you sure. Have to give me twenty five dollars. Oh uh, yeah, <laughs> fair, fair. Okay. So listen, look, I, I'm not. I every they scream anecdotal every time. Neighbor came down the street, never talks to me. Little old Persian lady, homeless guy comes. And he's making sexual gestures towards people inside the house. She calls a 911. Cops are like, piss off. We're not coming to help you guys at all ever again. No, we're not coming. The homeless guy makes fun of her. And then he goes and sits and hangs out in the backyard. Okay. And it's not like a friendly homeless guy. He's making significant sexual gestures towards people inside the house. Okay. There's total lawlessness in LA. And I swear to God, it's, Name the number. I don't know what the number is. Six months from now, three months from now, a year from now, there's going to be nonstop. Probably after the elections, because they everybody wants Karen Bass to win, right? So, but after the elections, you're like, did you know that cops are not responding to any calls? Yes, yes, that's what everyone in LA is screaming, and everybody and the activists keep saying, no, no, your reality isn't true. Well, yeah, I'm going to need something more than your anecdotal evidence. I'm not. I, I but by the way, I want to brought up the earlier point. I think it is happening. I think it is unquestionably happening, but in every case that you hear anecdotally, there's there's more to that story. Uh, I mean, you know, look, man, I, you know, I have the uh, as always from the time I covered cops to to now knowing some, to reading about them, to watching every conceivably good cop show that has ever been on television. 
I am incredibly uh, angry at the police and I think they have managed to to bungle this enormously this goodwill that we are that we have that going in like it's uh you know it's really hard for cops to cops to have lost the standing that they had in this country that said I like cops I do I do and and I don't think it's a few bad apples I think it's way more than a few bad apples and I think once you have if 21% of your apples are bad nobody's going to want to buy that batch of apples Right, that's too big a risk. Two percent, maybe you get some good apples. Twenty-one percent is a major problem, and it bleeds into the entire force, and it's a problem. That said, you know there are a lot of cops out there who want to police, and and so I I I don't think that your analysis is uh, uh, correct. I just don't. All right, I'm trying to figure out what to spend your thousand bucks on. Um, <laughs> okay, no, I'm just never going to call the cops. It's no problem. <laughs> also, I, I got news for you. I live in Santa Monica. They come. Yeah. No, man, I'm telling you, man. Look, it's like maybe they come to Brentwood and Santa Monica and Beverly Hills, but I, I'm in Westwood, which is you know up whatever you want to call it. It ain't it's a Brentwood, nice neighborhood. It ain't, it's a nice neighborhood. Yeah, it's an okay neighborhood. I mean, I live in the South, right? It's by Olympic and Pico, so you know if you know LA, that you know that it's you're starting to get. Into more middle class, poorer neighborhoods, right? But still, the cops used to come to Westwood. They'd come right away, right? And they're not coming. So, uh, well, let's see what happens. I don't want to. And by the way, that's another problem. There is no statistic for that. There's no statistic for X number of cops used to come and now they don't. Because who reports a thing that didn't happen, right? So I don't know how they're going to find the numbers on that. Well, I mean, that's what uh, that's what uh, good reporters are for. That sounds like a story for the LA Times, and they've obviously they're covering the they're covering the crime wave, and obviously there's an uptick in crime. But there's no question um, uh, that uh, they're covering it, and they should cover that story. And I'm sure yeah. there, like I said, I'm not, I don't deny that 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 there's been a react. I mean, and and it started more than this. It started with defund the police and a sense of being fully unappreciated. Like a universal sense of, hey man, these people don't care about us, and it's dangerous. So why are we bothering? Yeah, the, on that one, this I think that's a different, different, slightly different thing. On that one, they just got to grow up. Like, oh, oh, I was, I'm not appreciated enough uh, at, at any job. Well, I got it. But it yeah, they do. They are, you know, it is a, it is, it's a, hard, it's a hard job. It's a hard, hard job. And, and under the Mankiewicz administration, the Mankiewicz world, by the way. Cops would get a massive pay raise. They would have to go to college and they would work like three 10 hour shifts a week. And if they had any sort of combative experience, like a, a domestic call that got potentially violent, even if there was a difficult arrest, they had to chase somebody, drag them down, somebody threatened them. You know, I'm not even talking about where things get out of control and, and, and somebody's killed. I'd be like, oh, great, you have four days off and you're. Yeah, that's it. You are you are cooling down from this. There has to be time to allow those guys to react to the enormous degree of like warlike trauma uh, that that job sometimes entails. But it would cost a lot of money. They'd make a lot of money. They'd all go to college and they'd work a lot less under the Mankiewicz administration. I think they'd like. I think they'd like me. Yeah. Refund the police. Make <laughs> that's, right. that's right. Refund the police. But this is what's going to be. We need them to work less. That's right. Get paid more <laughs> and get more massage. <laughs> okay. Well, they a lot of them do uh, under the guise of investigating massage parlors. <laughs>
But anyways, okay, for God's sake, I, let's go back to what I was gonna start with. Uh, so waiters and waitresses, and then we got into retail guy and then things spun out of control. Uh, so um, look, I, is it me or do waiters and waitresses give you looks if you ask them for too many things? Let's start there. Uh, they give you looks. Yes, I've seen it. <laughs> okay, well, there you go. Okay, that's okay. Then so I'm not crazy. I have a lot of opinions about this because I'm the person who I don't like to ask for special things with the order. Like, give it to me how the house makes it. Um, if you can give me something on the side that will supplement it, cool. But I don't want you to fundamentally alter the dish that I ordered. That's a one. I'm also a person who doesn't like to ask the Uber to stop at 7-Eleven for water or gum or something. Like I, I, I'm just, I'm just one of those people. I don't like to add extras. I just yeah. don't like to do it um, to these service people. Whereas I've been in the cars with people where they just feel entitled. Like, hey, where's the aux cord? I want to play my music. I want to do this. I'm paying for the service. I'm, I'm just not one of those people. I'm just like, yo, play whatever music you want. I got my headphones in anyway. Um, send me this damn dish as it is on the menu. Uh, you know, this is how y'all meant for it to be eaten. Let's let's keep it pushing. Let's go. And also, last but certainly not least, um, twenty percent tip. Whether you suck, whether you're exemplary, whether you were average, whether you were, you know, the greatest waiter waiter in the history of life. Twenty percent. <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm going twenty percent no matter what. Sorry. So that opens up a lot of can a ton of things, but. Uh, one is, so was I'm between you and the guy you described, right? So, will I ask for more stuff? As Ben will tell you, yes. Okay, I'm at a I'm at a restaurant. So the other day, for example, by the way, you've never been anything ever, ever except really nice about it. By the way, I don't want to meet. Yes, yeah, sometimes you have a lot of special requests, but they're always like super friendly and like. <laughs> yeah. Can you give an example of these requests? Yeah. So I'll give you, a, I think, a decent one. So I had already asked for water and coffee at, at this diner that I was having a, a breakfast at, right? But I, I didn't ask exactly the right time. Like, so they bring it and then they come like two minutes later and they're like, you need a refill? I'm like, no, not yet, right? <laughs> and then when they come back like 15 minutes later, I'm like, can I get the water and coffee now, right? And they're like, and I feel like they give me a look like, oh, you didn't want it 13 minutes ago, and now all of a sudden you want it. Yeah, because I had coffee 13 minutes ago, and I don't now, right? And then, okay, so then the second example, so I'm I'm eating there, and I, I got tomatoes on the side. And uh, and I like tomatoes. water, coffee, and tomatoes. That was your order? <laughs> you know I, me, that I, wasn't I, order. That I, wasn't I, order. Right. You no, know, I got a chorizo omelet, and it was sour cream and tomatoes on the side, okay? Uh -huh. And so the tomatoes, though, I if I'm gonna eat them plain as I was going to for a couple of them, I like to put salt on them. And I notice there's no salt at the table, but I want to eat the tomato now. So I ask the guy over, and I say, "Can I can I get salt? I mean, there should be salt on the table. It's not my fault there isn't salt on the table, but but I feel guilty every time. But I do do it every time. So that's why I'm between Waz 
And the other guy, the other guy doesn't feel guilty at all. He's like, oh, change the music. Give me the goddamn salt for the tomatoes. No, I'm not like that. I'm like, oh, I'm sorry, but I, you know, I need the salt for the tomatoes. And still, I, a lot of times I get like, side eye, like, Dude, I don't like tomatoes without salt. What do you want from me? I'm like, I'm like Waz. First of all, I think in general, I get, I don't, I, I, I would never in my life ask somebody to play different music in a billion years or change what they're playing. I might, there is, a, I guess, a scenario where I might ask them to turn it down. Yeah, right. If mm -hmm. it's a law, I might. I had say, to do that the other day, and the yeah. guy was blasting gospel music. No, so no, I felt, yeah. I was like, all right, I get it. You're doing your Jesus thing right now, but. You're killing me, Smalls. Like this is yeah. too loud. I can't even hear my own headphones. Yeah, 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 yeah. The, uh, the, the, uh, yeah. No question. I, I, that I, I, and then they'll probably turn it off all the way. I have asked people to find a game, but usually when it's like a universal game, like I get in something and it's the second half of a playoff game. I go, hey, you mind putting on the, you know, uh, right? You mind throwing on the right the Eagles Niners? You know, like that. Might happen, or you might put, you know, you get the six. I'm in Philadelphia, apparently, but yeah. So I've done that. I remember I was in, uh, I was in Portland taking a cab, and I was like, I think, could you guys, you, you could listen to the Blazers game, and he was like, Oh yeah, right. Are they playing? You know, they're always so so. Uh, but I can't imagine, and then I tip at a rest. I mean, I might tip more than twenty percent if something was exceptional, but basically everybody gets twenty percent, no matter. I mean, they could literally spill hot. Yeah. T deliberately on my lap, they'd get 20%. And if they're exceptional, they get 20%. And if they're exceptional, we have a nice conversation, then you're in the 25, 30% range. Yeah, well, look, it's obvious that you guys are in favor of injustice. <laughs> um, okay, so, I mean, if you say, I don't care how you do, doesn't that punish the ones that are work, trying to, you know, are trying harder? No. I, no, I'm treating it like Walmart. Yeah, and and Best Buy. Whether you were really helpful or not at the Best Buy, you get your rate, right? Like, the, the, like you're doing the job. That's you right. Know, whether you've done it exceptionally or not, you know, I got my food. Yes, you weren't the best to deal with, but if it was scrumptious and delicious, and the job was done, you brought it over, you took my order, you did, you you told me what the specials were, whatever. You know, you got it done as far as I'm concerned. I'm just like I said, I'm I'm treating this thing like like uh like Walmart, Best Buy, any other place that I go where these guys get a standard rate for helping me. You know what, Boss? Yeah. I'm gonna do what no activist has ever done. Hey, that's a good point. Right. <laughs> I'm thinking <laughs> of changing, <laughs> I'm thinking changing my stance. No, and, and then the thing is too. I like I know these people are getting stiffed left and right. You know, like I know there are times where they were just fine, they were great, and somebody gave them a, a, a terrible tip just because they didn't feel like it. Just because they didn't like the food that the person in the back made. That's right. That has nothing to do with the server, right? Like these people are getting screwed over by this tip system. Um at the best places they're not, you know, like at the most highest end places. They're gonna get what they deserve, basically, no matter what. Especially once they start implementing the like automatic 20 to 22 percent gratuity for the party of six and all of that. Like all of the best places, they're gonna get what they're just due. But I know a lot of times they're getting screwed by people, so it's like I'm just gonna do my yeah. part no matter what. Yeah, I mean they make no money an hour. Like it's it's part it's built in. Like we we're we're going in the restaurant. Part of our job is that we we carry that weight. 
Uh, maybe we shouldn't have to, like maybe they should get paid more and we should tip five or seven or 10%, right? But that's not how it is. Yeah. Yeah, I don't want people to get me wrong. I tip 20% almost all the time, but I have a little bit larger range than you guys do. It ranges from 15 to 25. I mean, if it's a really small bill, I might do 30, 40%. It's, and if I stay longer, I will I will tip way more, right? Like I, I've taken up your table for quite some time and I've mm. been a slight pain in the ass about it. So I'm gonna give you 30%. Only time I'll tip more is at a diner because the food is so damn cheap. <laughs> it's, it's just That's like, all right, man, you know what I mean? Like yeah. this thing costs $17, come on. Like I'm supposed to just give you $3.40, come on now. Like right. I gotta go up to the five at that point. You yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But but was that's so funny the differences, right? That's a that's a New York thing. In New York, the diners are inexpensive. In LA, it's ridiculous. They're like, oh, pastrami sandwich, no problem, twenty four dollars. Oh, you'd like to add cheese, twenty eight dollars. You're like, what in the world? Eight. And so, I mean, anyways, uh, okay. But we're unanimous on one thing for sure, which is uh, like. The changing music. No, I've never asked to change music. I think it's weirdly presumptuous. Like, why do I get to decide what the music is? We're both in the same car together. I get it, I'm the customer technically, but no, we're two human beings in a car, right? I'm and never like, I'm never gonna think it's I, I think it's weird that they're playing music at all. I mean, it's still like like no, you're you're driving somebody somewhere. You can't presume to play music. Shush. And ask me. That's what I think every time. Like, hey, do you mind? I'd like to hear some music. And I'm gonna, by the way, every time we go, have at it. Just don't play that gospel. You know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but I, I'm, no, I'm I, I don't. Like, I, I don't like it. I don't like it. Play what makes you comfortable to drive. If this gets you in a mood to drive, I want to get there as safe as possible. So kind of get in your zone. Also, like I've been in the car with people who are like, wait, hold on, wait, just pull over. Um, let's sync the Bluetooth and like and and Bluetooth is such a crap technology. Still, even like 40 years after its invention, it's still like a pretty crappy technology. And so the excruciating awkwardness of watching somebody sync their damn phone to their Uber driver's car so that they can listen to Kanye West is just like no, oh. dude, that's like unless you're taking an Uber. I'll stay in Philly unless you're going taking an Uber from Philly to Boston. Like, no, you can't sync your phone <laughs> to the driver's car. No, that's outrageous. I've okay. never, I've never even heard of this. This is a, yeah. this is gonna be literally. I guarantee you, the only thing I'm gonna take away from tonight's, I'm gonna go downstairs. I'm gonna say to my wife, do you know some people? Yeah. Over and sync their Bluetooth to so the ben, Uber I'm gonna, so they can I'm play gonna, their Spotify. I'm gonna tell on myself here a little bit. And a lot of times this is happening because I'm with people who we're going out to drink, right? Yeah. We're going to be partying ostensibly, and they want the Uber ride to be Kick part of the party. Right. Yeah. yeah. Let's right, start cranking the music in the Uber so that we're ready to, you know, kick butt at the bar tonight, so to speak. Not that is not a life I live. So okay. yeah, 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 yeah. So that's yeah. what's happening. <laughs> I hear you, but still on a relative scale. It's obnoxious. <laughs> yeah. So I think I agree with Ben. No, I don't agree with Ben. Uh, uh and I want my money. Uh, no. <laughs> so like, um, like 
I don't want the guy to be listening to music. That's the part I agree with Ben on. But I think he, I'm okay with him listening to music because he's driving around all day. And I feel like, yeah. hey, listen, unless I got something to do, I get it. But on the other hand, I were unanimous that if it's too loud, yeah. I, sorry, I, brother. I, I would, not, I, as I, I said, I, also, I, I get it. I get it. I just think it's still. I still every time I think, why is the radio on? Every time, like, why yeah, are you listening? Yeah. Like, why don't you turn it down? I just got in your car. I just thought you know? of another thing that might make me a bad person, but what I like about when they're playing music, or I've had people just straight up say, "You mind if I play a podcast?" To huh. which I'm just like, "Yo, go ahead. I, sure, I'm yeah. listening to a podcast myself. Like, go ahead. I'm. I always have my earphones in. But what I do like is that when they're listening to their music or their podcast, they're not talking to me." And you know the the other thing that because I have a type the like the type of job that everybody wants to talk to me about, which I know it sounds like messed up. I'm like, oh, all these people want to talk to me, but it's like they want to no, talk to me about sports, and I work in sports, so it's like now I'm working while I'm in this damn Uber, and this guy is firing off his his freaking Chris Paul takes. Like it's it's tough. You yeah. know, so like I'd rather them See? be in their own zone. See, I'm binary. I'm binary because um because on the one hand, if I've got something specific to do, which is eight out of ten times, I gotta check my email, I gotta call somebody, I gotta I, I gotta be listening to to a sh a show, etc. Right? Then I'm in my own world. And I love you, but I I just literally don't have time. To talk. I can't I can't do it. <laughs> yeah, I can't. But but on the other hand, if I think it's like interesting to talk, it's like if I'm somewhere where I'm normally not, it looks like an interesting character. It's it's a red state. I talk <laughs> way more in the red states, okay, to the Uber drivers, and so then I will engage the, in the conversation, and it. Universally goes fantastic. Okay. It doesn't matter if it's the most right wing person in the world, the most left wing, non political, it doesn't matter. Almost every one of those folks has a super interesting story to tell, right? And and I learn a lot from it. But but I, I hear what you're saying, Waz, and that's how I am, like you are when I got stuff to do. But when I don't, I learn so much from those guys. And I'm not saying that in like, like a liberal patronizing way. Oh, I've learned from you. See, I would much rather talk to a right winger Uber driver of 10 out of 10 than some Uber driver that's gonna lecture me about gender non-binary, right? Which actually goes both ways, honestly, because <laughs> you'll get lectured about it from a right winger no, uh, no. Uh, too, yeah. uh, you know. Um, but I, I, I just try to like, I like to keep the the main thing the main thing, which is like the weather, the city, you know, how long have you lived here, blah 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 blah. Like it sometimes it just veers into the to the strange, right? Like uh, we were, I was in an Uber in Las Vegas when I was there in July for NBA Summer League. Like the guy was like, "Oh, what brings you to Vegas?" I'm like, "I'm here for work for the NBA Summer League. It's like basically an NBA summit. Everybody from." management to players to media to agents to everybody sort of descends everybody from the NBA community descends upon Las Vegas um for summer league it's it's just one big picnic basically and um he he was saying yo you know we're about to get an NBA team 
And I was like, yeah, I've heard that. I've heard Las Vegas is probably like in the running when the league expands to teams that Vegas is probably going to get the thing. And he was like, I already know what we should name the team. And I said, what is it? He said, he said, what did he say? Oh, he said the Blackjacks. I was like, man, that's actually pretty clever. The Blackjacks, I like that. He's like, yeah, no, it's really good actually, to be honest. And then he goes, NAACP would never allow it. I was like, you know what? You might be right about that, brother. It was a white dude, obviously a right winger. It was just hilarious. That just cracked me up because it's the kind of NBA take that I'm not used to hearing. So right. it just cracked me up. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I, I think I don't think they I don't think there'd be an objection to it. I think it's good. I don't think so. Yeah. And I think maybe no, I think maybe no S mm. that it's the mm. Las Vegas Blackjack. Maybe, mm. you know. Or you know. or just because that might could be offensive, we just switch to one of the other larger games, like the Las Vegas craps. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's, <laughs> totally. I think that's good. Yeah. I think I nailed it. Yeah. I think I nailed yeah, it. yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, it's funny you said Vegas was because when I was in Vegas, I talked to the uh, the cab driver. In that case, it wasn't Uber, it was a cab because this guy, you could tell something was off with this guy. And so it's like, <laughs> let me find out what's off with this guy because this is gonna be a story. In Vegas, everything's a story, right? So, oh my God, he had, I'm ne- I'll never remember the whole thing, but he had eight layers of hell that he described to me. He's like, oh yeah, I came here, you know, gambling. Yeah, you know, look, I, t- I won, I won in the beginning, but they wouldn't pay me. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh, that seems unlikely. Sure. Uh, okay. yeah. <laughs> and, and then he had this whole long elaborate story about how he hit, uh, hit the jackpot on the thing and the, the slots and, but then they had the mob or something. And then next thing you know, he's losing his job. Next thing you know, he's lost his, then he got gets into gambling problem and then he loses his house, but then he loses the ticket to leave Vegas. So he can't leave Vegas. Next thing you know, there's a guy having sex with his wife. And I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> and then they, and then his, then his best friend has someone having sex with his wife. And then next thing you know, he's dead. Like what in the world, right? So my uh, my best friend, he he hates small talk, uh, really with anybody. But of course, he can get away with small talk with the people he's close to. But he'll he'll break it up. He'll say something outrageously funny or outrageously sexual or outrageously violent. <laughs> like he'll say anything to sort of break the nonsensical conversation that's happening between even among us when he's with friends, right? Um, but his thing with uh, uh, people in the service industry, right? So that he, he knows the connection with them will be brief, right? Like an Uber driver is when they start talking to him, he'll just say, my favorite island is the big island. Don't you agree? <laughs> right, just out of nowhere. And they're mm-hmm. like, you know, I was asking you about how long you're in town for. And they're like, oh, he's crazy. And they shut up. It's, it's he says it's unbelievably effective. Yeah. <laughs> so like, you, okay. like, where are you in from? And he'll be like, oh, oh you know, I'm in from uh, Cincinnati. He's like, oh, what do you do there? And he goes, my favorite island is the big island. <laughs> <laughs> That's one way to go. Yeah. But of all the different guys who are guilty of like, hey, you, you had the, loud, the music too loud when I came in. I asked you to turn the music down. And did, the most guilty are the, yeah, the guys that are saying pull over and sync up the music. 
Like, <laughs> like if you were pulling over, it's got to be for a good reason, man. You can't like, like was. Will I tell them to stop somewhere else? Almost never. But if I really gotta, I gotta, right? Yeah, and if, and but if I have gotta, decency to feel bad about it. Well, so first, <laughs> if you're gonna pull over, if you're in a car and you ask a guy to pull over to 7-Eleven or um, or a fast food restaurant or a or bank, a, sometimes people want to cash well, out the banks, ATM. A bank's a little tricky because that's gonna be a harder thing to do. But I then you got to build that in. I mean, you cannot stop at a Starbucks or a 7-Eleven without getting the Uber driver or something. Like if you're yeah. going in and he's waiting, you got to come out. Hey, I'm gonna, I gotta go to Starbucks, man. This is a 45 minute drive. I really go for a cup of coffee. Can you go to the Starbucks? Let me get you something. And he'll go, oh, I'm fine, I'm set. I'm like, well, then let me get you a croissant or a sandwich. I'm getting you something, so pick something, right? Then, then I think he feels good, you feel good. I would say it's 7-Eleven. It's a little tricky when you do it in ATM. <laughs> I'm gonna get you something, what do you want? A five, <laughs> a 10, what do you want? He's yeah. like, I'll take a hundred. I'll take a hundred, yeah, yeah. I guess, sure. You got him, yeah. Okay, now back to the original question. When I ask for the salt for the tomato, have I gone too far? Should I be getting the stink eye? No, no, that's that's something that's supposed to be on there. Um, ketchup, salt, pepper, probably one of the you know what the spices. Counts as, yeah, what counts as hot sauce, Tabasco, or right, Chalula, whatever, or yeah. something like that. And we keep it pushing, you know, uh, sugar, the the sugar. Yeah, that should be on the tip. The basics should be there. Salt is, come on, that's foundational that's to foundational. any dining establishment. But it's, okay. you know, it's weird. I've gone to a lot of restaurants lately where there, I, I don't use much salt, but I use a tremendous amount of pepper, and uh, and it's not there. And you got it. They got. I, mean, I, I I like it when they come with the big thing, and it's a little awkward because I always want a lot, and so they. You know, they they got to keep like, cranking. And they got to keep cranking. And I always want to be like, I'll do it. Just leave it with me. But I'm like, but I'll use the regular pepper. It's okay. It's still pepper. Um, but it's not on the table. Like, so I would, I only thing I would generally do is uh, for salt and peppers on at a diner, I take it off another table. I'd get up and go. If I, if it's not there, if, if I, if, if when I say, can I get some salt? If it doesn't come immediately, cause you got to eat it. Like for me with a tomato, like in eggs, I like the tomato, like uh, like the tomato and the egg, and then the English muffin, like all together. That's one bite needs to happen. So I need the pepper right then, while the egg is hot, before the coldness of the tomato takes over the entire meal. I think everybody knows what I'm saying. No, no, I do though. Like sometimes, like hey, look, I hate to say, can you come again? But like the food's hot, and I need it. I need the yeah. salt when it's yeah. hot. I yep. can't eat it without the salt. I'm a saltaholic. Yep. So like. I don't know what I'm, like, I'm going to punish that guy and I'm only going to give him 20%. <laughs> yeah. yeah. See, you guys are soft hearted libs. You're never going to get any good service like that. And you got to look at him like, hey, this might get you down to 12%. I'm kidding. <laughs> okay. So, all right. But let me take it one step further. So, I love Waz's new rule. If it's foundational to the table, to the yeah, eating experience, you're allowed to ask for it whenever you want. Okay. Water, all of that. Come on. Like, that. that this is. This is eating dining establishment 101. That's another thing with, with LA too. As soon as you sit down, they don't just give you water. You have to ask for water in a lot of spots. Whereas in New York, like literally, as soon as you sit on the table, they, they, the first thing they're doing is filling you up with water automatically. Yeah. You know, in fact, they the put search. it down kind of, they put it down kind of aggressively. They're <laughs> like, boom, like, you're like, wait, wait, you're gonna break the glass. Uh, okay. So, and, and let me also share with you guys, 
that that whole twisting thing with okay, I hate it. I hate it. Sometimes I do something with my other hand and I just want to sprinkle some salt on it. And they're like, nope, you got to put that down. And then I turn it the wrong way every time. And I'm like, is it this way? Is it this way? Everyone's judging me. I can't figure it out. I despise this thing. What was wrong with this? What was wrong with it? Nothing. We didn't have anything to fix. Maybe you got some BS excuse for, oh, it's cracked pepper. Well, what do you need cracked salt for? Salt is salt. <laughs> You're just trying to be fancy for fanciness. You know, we have, we must have, I'm, I'm trying to exaggerate, 11 different kinds of salt in this house. 11. We got That's sea salt, we got pink sea salt, we got Dutch pink sea salt. Why? Got, yeah, I, I don't know. And I don't care because I'm trying not to use it and I've it's worked. Like I don't really use it. But I use a lot of I but I got you know, I use a plenty of Thinking sriracha or salt, I feel like I'm always on the verge of overusing it. That's so right. I try yeah. I stay away from it. It's hard for me to gauge it because it's way saltier than some kosher salt. That's right. Yep. Yeah. Okay, super last thing. What if it's not foundational? And I want extra olives. Then you gotta wait a little bit. Yeah, you gotta. You probably gotta wait. For yeah. That. yeah. <laughs> See, this is what we do in old school. We lay down the rules. <laughs> I agree. Even though I'm the guy who asked for that stuff, that's right. If it's not foundational, this is a corollary to the Waz rule. You gotta wait a little bit. Okay. You, know, you want the fancy Kalamata olives? Ah, God, you're last in line. Okay. <laughs> Okay, let me get the other guy's salt first, and then I'll come to you. Okay, all right, we got it. We got to do a second episode. So, but that's for uh, members. We love you guys. Everybody, check out uh, shoptyt.com where you'll get that great hat that Waz is wearing. Mm. Oh, my shirt, by the way, this is new. Keep your uh, bands off my body. Okay. Generally speaking, uh, most I don't understand. I don't understand that. Oh, hands, bands, hands, right, and. Generally speaking, most people have done a great job of keeping everything off my body, uh, but but I'm not I'm not the the folks that the right wing is targeting. So shoptyt.com for that. 